Hashtag kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Dome Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Here is your host, Dean Vasek. Let's go, Kangas! Well, David Uniac getting early possessions. Cunnington for the dream start. Cunnington for 35. They cover it everywhere and the party starts early for the number 10. What a wonderful, wonderful scene. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasek. You can find me on X at hashtag Kangas, Instagram hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, TikTok hashtag Kangaroos1. So tonight I'm joined once again by Jesse and Frank to go through our win against Gold Coast over the weekend. An unusual win, our first win since March after 20 losses in a row. How do our listeners feel about it? Uh, Are we happy we gave up the number one pick for a round 23 win? Or are we a little bit disappointed that uh, we gave up um, bottom spot and Harley Reid, possibly, to get that win? Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting, that's for sure. Uh, I changed my tune pretty quickly on Saturday afternoon after the after the pod on Thursday evening. I kind of said, let's lose and get the number one pick, and I just couldn't fathom, fathom that when I was watching the game. It's that white line fever in, in me. Uh, you want to win, and you forget about that number one pick once uh, you give yourself a chance. It was an outstanding game and performance from the lads, so let's not waste any more of your valuable time and bring on the boys to chat about it. All right, boys, I'm joined by Frank and Jesse. Mark is missing at the moment. He might be coming back, coming on soon. Not too sure where he's at. Uh, he's locked himself out of the house, uh, maybe interacting with uh, Essendon supporters on Twitter. I'm not too sure. But uh, we've finally done it, boys. After 20 losses in a row, we've finally broken a streak. And not only did we get the win, but it was a comprehensive 35-point uh, win. Uh, where has this been all year, Frank? Uh, well, Dean, I think, you know... I know 20 losses in a row is horrible and it's something we hope we never have to repeat, but it wasn't the worst 20 losses in a row that I, you know, that I think I've seen. We were really competitive in a lot of games and I think that's almost what made it a bit harder was we got so close on probably half a dozen occasions and just couldn't see it out. So um, I think the last quarter was the one that surprised me because when they started to sort of come back at us, I thought, oh, oh here we go. Um, so to see them rally and extend the lead was was great. And, um, yeah, um, I don't know where it's been, Dean, but I was just stoked to see it. Yeah, oh, look, I think we all were uh, at the end. Uh, I know I talked on Thursday about maybe, oh, maybe we should just let this one slide so we don't have to complicate the number one pick. And, Jesse, we won't talk about the number one pick or anything like that. Um, we'll save that for later. But uh, this sort of performance has been building over the last few weeks, like Frank has sort of said. We've shown in patches that we are competitive, but haven't been able to sustain it for long enough uh, during uh, the game. Uh, Yesterday was a complete four-quarter performance outside of the start of the game and maybe a little period in the second quarter, but that was it. It was was very, um, yeah, it was a very good uh, four-quarter game. Oh, absolutely. It was, yeah, it was extremely consistent, Uh, you know, as as the, We've talked about um, that's something that we've struggled at with this year. And, yeah, other than the start of the game and, yeah, that little patch where they were coming back, we were really consistent. Um, the second and the third quarters in particular, um, we uh, – I think we kicked, was it seven goals in one quarter at one point, which is pretty mm. miraculous for us, to be honest. I think, well, yeah, we kicked, what, five or so in the second and then seven-odd seven goals, six, seven goals in the – in the um in the third and then yeah seven goals at the end of the game to really put it away so yeah you know if you look at the squiggle there's bits and pieces where the suns kept kicking kicking back and yeah we were able to just put the foot down um it was a really consistent display across the ground by you know a multitude of players which was really pleasing that you know there wasn't too many players that if any that you actually said oh they had a disappointing day i i actually think other than maybe one or two players everyone had a really really good day Mm, definitely. Frank, I think the most pleasing thing was that young guys really stepped up in a big way. Uh, Callum Dawson, we've been waiting for all year to get a game and came in and did a good job. Uh, Josh Goder was outstanding, I thought. Uh, Charlie Lazaro, who's been waiting for a chance to get a game in the middle of the ground all year, plays really well. And Tom Powell, finally getting that game we've been waiting for as well. Uh, There's a lot to like, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely, Dean. Oh, I thought it was great that all those guys contributed uh, in one way or another, they got plenty of the footy. I thought the one thing that, that really surprised me was the way we linked up off half back and ran. I, I just hadn't seen that for so long. So, 
whether whether it was young legs uh, or, or, or enthusiasm or the fact that we were in front sort of gave us that that extra sort of adrenaline. But we seem to move the ball a lot quicker than what I've seen this year. So um, and all those guys contributed to that. So that that was uh, really pleasing. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, we'll talk about the back line soon. I mean, Jesse, what I really liked um, about the performance was our pressure rating was just, um, you know, we've been saying for the past few weeks, we've got to get fitter, we've got to get fitter. We're not uh, running out games. But um, you, you can sort of look, uh, in the last quarter, our pressure rating was 210. It was, yeah, the, the pressure increased each quarter. We started off slow in the first quarter. I think it was 158. But each quarter kept increasing, the 170s in the second and third. And then... Mm. Uh, last quarter was 210. Is has this been a myth that we haven't been fit enough all year, or is it um yeah, or is it just uh yeah maybe it's more of a psychological thing? You, you know what's an interesting thing? It was one of the youngest teams we've played this year. Um, uh, in terms of no McDonald, no Zebel, and I'm not putting the blame on any one individual. That's not my angle here, but no, not McDonald, no Zebel. LDU was obviously out. Uh, Cunners has moved on. Uh, it was one of the younger teams that we've played. You know, you had a completely different midfield brigade running around. Phillips Powell was actually back in the centre doing doing his stuff. You had Lazaro running around, racking up touches. And there was just a lot more energy. Um, oh, that's what was the most noticeable thing to me, is that we were applying really good pressure. Our defensive press was imp- was impressive, um, which I, I didn't even know we had one in our in our uh, armory. But um, yeah, the way we were able to constrict them was really, really impressive. Uh, but I think it was just mostly the energy, to be honest, of, of the young players. And, you know, some people said, oh, you know, Gold Coast put the queue in the rack. They, you know, obviously King didn't play Lukosius. And I think there might have been one other of their genuine stars that, that missed out. But they put a good team on the park. No, you know, they, they had a good back line. They had a decent forward line. And their midfield um, has a lot of stars in there, a lot of talent. Uh, and we were able to get the job done. We outwilled them. We outpressured them. Uh, and the guys just, they looked like they they needed the win. And I think, uh, you know, we talked about it um, uh, before we joined today that, you know, what was the initial reaction with the whole thing around um, the pick one and giving up the pick one. But, you know, any doubts that anyone should have had should have been lost when they saw the reaction of the players. They they went out there with an intent to end the year on a high. And, you know, Clarko was spot on. Um, you don't know what you're going to get in the draft, but what you can control and what you do know is, is the effect that wins have on you. I mean, you look at Essendon, for example, who uh, went out of the year with the two big losses that they had. And that's that puts such a negative taste in the mouth, mouth going into the next season. Um, so it's just a, you know, it's a, it, it makes a big difference being able to end the year on a high. No, definitely. And I don't miss those uh, Brad Scott uh, post-match uh, press conferences either when he uh, starts spinning shit about, uh, yeah, we're on the right track and all that sort of thing because he's good with his words. But, um, yeah, the reality for, for Essen the last couple of weeks was, uh, yeah, it was... Yeah. Really tough. I was just going to say, a lot of the effort that they actually made this year, and I'd argue that they actually made a lot of positive gains, especially in the first half of the year. I think you can see what they're trying to do. And it, had it not been for the last two weeks, I probably would have said that they had a, not a successful year, but it was at, at least a decent year. Um, and they completely ruined that with the last two weeks. Oh, yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, I'm not too sure where they're at the moment. Um but under Brad Scott, uh, all we could do was uh, pretty much mid-table mediocrity. So, yeah, um, that uh, might be the way they're going at the moment. Um, but uh, we'll go back to North. No one wants to listen to uh, Essendon uh, on his podcast. So, uh, Frank, we'll go to the back line. And you talked about them. Uh, they've been good the last few weeks. But yesterday was – oh, not yesterday. The, the day before was another level. A lot of run from behind the ball and pace, Frank. Bailey Scott playing off the halfback flank. Harry Sheasel, Josh Goder. Really gave the team drive out of there. And we played fast, and Gold Coast got rattled pretty quickly, and they couldn't respond or set up quick enough, could they, Frank? Yeah, and and we took some chances instead of uh, our traditional uh, get the ball at half back and go long down the line to a contest. They mm. they had a bit of dare, uh, went into the middle a few times, hit ran, and um, look, they looked – and Dean, is it confidence? Is it is it um, uh, the fact that they're young? I, I was it the balance that we had with a, a little bit more leg speed 
it, it's hard to tell, but they certainly look, moved the ball very, very well and and, uh, and hit targets and created a lot of chaos through the middle, which we haven't seen for a while. So there could be something in that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it looks like, just judging from the last few weeks, it looks like that's the identity Alistair Clarkson is trying to build up. Uh, he's trying to become aggressive. He's trying to get a lot more pace in the team. Even with the in the off-season, the players that have been rumoured to go to us, like Dylan Stevens, Zach Fisher, they're, they're quick-running players. So I think he's trying to uh, identify that as a game plan. Uh, and a big part of this play, uh, game plan that, uh, and a player that we keep talking about every week, Jesse, Harry Sheasel, another 29 possessions. 93% disposal efficiency again. And this guy's a red-hot favourite to win our BNF this year, Jesse. Another outstanding game. I think the thing that's been the most impressive about him in the last two weeks in particular is that, that I think that his disposal has had even greater effect. Um, you know, any arguments that he was just someone who was racking up disposals off the half-back line, completely lost. Even Kane Corns had to compliment him on, on the footy show, which was which was a bit of a shock. Uh, but look, if you look at it, uh, he had five score involvements, one goal assist, and that's playing off the half-back line. But a lot of his disposals were... Saying they were clean would be a complete understatement. Um, he His disposal has just been at another level. Uh, his ability to set up the play... Uh, the goal assists that he has had the last few weeks in particular have been phenomenal. And I think it's a really exciting thing in terms of what's to come with him. The ceiling on him is, is it's hard to determine at this stage. He could definitely move up the ground and be extremely damaging with it. If he's not already just being damaging enough playing the position he is. Um I'm really I'm I'm beyond excited to see what he can do with it. Um, he definitely will finish top three in the BNF. Uh, you could I think you could argue maybe Larky after the year he's had, but you know, you could or even Bailey Scott. So you could you know he will finish top three in the BNF if not come first, which is a ridiculously good effort given that he's he's 18 years old. Um, and yeah, he he is the most exciting player we've had in a long time. Um, uh, yeah, there's not much else to say about him, to be honest. Uh, you, 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 there's no praises high enough. Yeah, I mean, even when we were at our lowest um, getting thumped and, you know, when we had 14, 15, 16 losses in a row, it, it, we hung our hat on him. You know, there was still, you know, um, you know, a bright future as long as we got him. You know, I, I know that's, you know, big praise on an individual and we don't want to put, um, you know, too much on an individual, but this guy... Um, is as good, you know, I mean, he's got the record for the most possessions in his in, in the first year. And he not only got that, he's absolutely smashed it by about 50 or something like that. So, yeah, no, look, I mean, him, Wardlaw, um, you get a couple other you know, young guys coming through in the draft this year. Uh, probably top picks if Ben Mackay leaves. Um, yeah, it certainly um, yeah, it gives us a lot of hope. Um, Frank, I thought Callum Dawson was pretty good on Burgess on Saturday. Didn't wow us with any stats, only eight, touches, only eight touches, but looked like a player that should have been getting a game earlier in the year, at least, when we were struggling, Frank. I mean, there's talk that he still might get delisted as well. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's a, an interesting one to bring in uh, for the last game of the year. It was almost like they wanted to have one final look at him. And you're right, Dean, he didn't, he didn't do a lot, but he didn't do anything wrong. So it, it, for me, it was even hard to sort of work out a of him in that game. Um, but I am surprised that he didn't get more opportunities and he didn't look out of place on Saturday. Uh, definitely not. What do you think about him, Jesse? I mean, to me, you'd be at least a good placeholder for another 12 months while uh, Griffin Lowe comes back for an ACL. And, you know, if, I mean, it could be a different story if Ben Mackay, you know, happens to stay, then maybe you could afford him. But we don't have anyone else. I, I don't... I'd be surprised if they did delist him and, you know, and just at least give him another 12 months. What do you think? You know, spot on. Uh, look, with the injury to Logue next year, uh, we need to bring defenders in. It, it's not like we've got the the depth there. Uh, even if we bring someone in to cover Logue in, it means we still have no depth behind them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been very strong on him getting a game for 
a lot of this year. Uh, you know, the games where we, we played Bonner over him, etc., cetera, were, were pretty ludicrous to mine. Um, look, he, yeah, he's not going to be the type of defender who... He's not going to be a Darcy Moore, um, Harris Andrews, you know, taking massive intercepts and and get, getting the ball up the ground. Uh, but we don't. We don't need that. Uh, I, I, you know, Mackay is our intercept. Is a good defender who's our interceptor. If he leaves, I, I, I've got really high faith in Logue to play that role in terms of in terms of intercepting and getting the ball out. Uh, what we need is a lockdown key defender. And yeah, I, look, what I thought he did do on the well, on the weekend was play on someone else who was. He played a lot of the game on, you know, as you said, Burgess, who, who's in an elite form in the VFL. So who's meant to be, you know, I guess you could say at the same quality level of him, if you, if you will. Uh, and he did a fantastic job. Uh, and when he wasn't on him and he had to go to other opponents, I thought he did a great job as well. So, yeah, look, I my gut feel is that he will get delisted because it's, it's very odd to play him in the last game of a season. Um it's just, it, it does, especially when you haven't given him a look in all year. Um, but I, I'd be definitely persisting with him, even if it's just a you know a year on the rookie, on the rookie list, because I I, I definitely could see him playing games next year with Logan, unless they've got something huge planned that we're not aware of, and there's all these quality defenders joining. The... Hmm. What are you going to do? Uh, so I'd, I'd rather. Bonnet. Yeah, I think uh, Aiden Bonner would be uh, pretty pretty close to being delisted. Um, yeah, I think we only had uh, – we'll get to the VFL later, but we only had five players in the VFL um, that are on the AFL list. Um, so, And he was one of them. So, yeah, he didn't get a look in. But, um, yeah, we'll move on from that. Uh, midfield, Frank, uh, to me, this is where the game was won. We had a very inexperienced midfield. But Taron Thomas really stepped up again, and his last few weeks, in particular the last two weeks, have been outstanding. Ten clearances, nine tackles, ten scoring movements with 370 metres gained. I mean, when he's switched on like this, he is as talented as any player in the competition. Uh, yeah, Dean, absolutely. Uh, and at the moment, for whatever reason, he seems to be in a good headspace. Uh, and you can just tell by his football. You know, he seems happy. He's getting a lot of the ball. Uh, he's incredibly creative when he gets it. We all know the fear, the long-term fear with Taron. Uh, he's probably off-field more than on-field. Uh, so you're always um, a, a little bit nervous about that. But on pure football ability, we're, we're probably a, a three or four goal better side when he's playing in that mood. Oh, oh, definitely. Um, maybe even more. Uh, Chael Lazaro, Jesse, and he finally gets his chance, like I mentioned earlier. 26 touches, five clearances, four tackles, 85% disposal efficiency. He seems like he can't play any other position on the ground, which makes it tough for him, doesn't it, in the future? But I did like what I've seen of him yesterday. Yeah, look, that was his preferred position, and we saw why. Uh, his ability to rack up the ball, mostly handballing it, that would be the only knock on him. Um, obviously, wasn't. I think it was 230 metres gained or something from 26 disposals. Uh, but he was clean with his disposal. They were short, sharp handballs, uh, hardly turned it over. One goal assist, nine score involvements. I mean, that's exactly what you want him, you know, want to see. Uh, he laid four tackles as well, so at least he got, you know, busy around. It wasn't nine like Taron, um, but it was, you know, good numbers, especially for a kid who's pretty slight. Uh, look, I've I've always been big on Lazaro. I like his running running ability. His fitness and his running ability adds a slightly different dynamic to the rest of the mids that we have. Um, I still think there's a role for him in the team. Uh, I would love to see him somehow make it as a wingman because um, I think he's got the aerobic capacity to do so. Uh, he has. He struggled with that thus far. Um, but I'd love for him to find, yeah, a position. And look, even on his heat map, he definitely had most of his disposals on the middle, but he did, he did clean up at least, you know, 10 to 12 of those playing out in the wings. So I'd be, look, I, I'd love to see them persist with him. Um, he probably needs to put on a little bit of size. Uh, the other, the other one is, I think we mentioned this early in the year, potentially you could turn him into a bit of a tagger um, just purely because of his aerobic capacity to stay up with, stay with almost any other player. He'd need to put on a little bit of size, but, um, yeah, look, I, I think he's a talent, and I'm. I'd love to see him get some more opportunity next year. Yeah, I mean, if you get Harley Reid, Riley Sanders, I, I can't see him getting a game. <laughs> to be honest with you, 
No, look, absolutely. It makes it tough. I mean, Sanders coming in, that's an interesting one because he he looks to me to be a pure inside mid. Um, very, very similar. Probably probably he's a little bit more of a threat to the, the Phillips power because he looks very, very similar to them. Uh, well, Reed, Reed could play forward, back, wherever he wants. Um, yeah, he'll be an interesting one for Lazaro. But um, look, I hope he can make it. Even if it's not on our list, I'd love to see him make it somewhere else. He seems like a ripping bloke. Yeah, he does. Uh, Frank, Will Phillips um, is another player that has developed pretty well this year after you know, a really tough uh, year last year with a couple of bouts of glandular fever. Uh, 26 touches, six clearances, nine scoring involvements. I mean, we talk about the future of our club, and this kid um, has got a big part to play in it. Yeah, absolutely, Dean. I thought he was great. Um, has, pardon me, like you said, has had a couple of hiccups um, and probably fitness has has been affected by those things. But he's getting uh, a good run at it now. And um, I thought, again, like a few of the others, he was, he was really good, really positive with his ball use. Uh, and uh, look, I'm all for having um, two, uh, you know, a problem where maybe we've got a, We've got one or two too many midfielders vying for one or two spots. I think it just puts pressure on people that are in the swing and those that are out to keep pushing. So if it means Phillips and Lazaro um, come in and out of the side next year because there's there's more effort, more talent going in, then I can live with that. But I thought he was very good on Saturday. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Another player that was very good, I thought, and I mentioned him earlier, uh, Jesse, was Tom Powell. I mean, it looks like he play, he's playing that high half forward. Uh, he had Penn Centre bounce attendances, had 17 touches for the game. Um, is that – I mean, I, I don't think – like, we've already mentioned a number of players that are going through that middle of the ground. Could that be a role for him? Do you think that high half forward who just uh, goes in as part of a rotation, maybe has five or six centre bounce attendances uh, throughout the course of the game? Uh, potentially. Look, oh, if we remember him in his first year, his greatest asset is his hands. Now, I, again, on the weekend, so he had 11 kicks and 12 handballs, so a good split, went at 83%, so very, very clean with it. Uh, decent metres gained, um, but the main thing for him was he applied good pressure. Uh, he had you know, six score involvements and a goal assist, so he was able to get it forward. Uh, yeah, look, it's an it's an interesting one because I think that he's a real a real real talent. I mean, we're saying everyone's a talent, but again, he's one of those ones that looks like he's more of a genuine midfielder. So it is going to be tough once you add some more to that mix. Um, he. Oh, he probably has the ability to play high half forward a little bit. Um, I still think his best position is is genuine mid. Uh, I mean, so is half the other players that we've said though. Yeah. Uh, and just just quickly, just on the Will Phillips thing, uh, as a weird stat, I was actually reading earlier today on on Will Phil. His player rating was twenty point two. To give you a bit of an in- indication, uh, uh, Marcus Montepelli, which will get three votes and probably won the Brownlow based on his game on the weekend. Uh, he had uh, thirty one touches. He, uh, it, it rated Will Phillips as having a better game than him. Uh, he had a better game than Jordan Ngoi, who everyone crowed on about on Friday night. I think there was only something like eight eight or ten genuine midfielders who had a better game based on player ratings than Will Phillips did on the weekend. And that's from 26 disposals. Uh, I think that kind of shows the effect he went at. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, you, I mean, our best football this year has been when he's been in the middle of the ground. Even when we've lost the games like Essendon, uh, the Sydney Swans, he's been right in the heart of the guts of it. And so, yeah, I mean, I do like him in the middle, but and competition for spots in that middle of the ground is going to get uh, a lot higher next year. Um, Frank, we'll go to the forward line. Uh, Nick Larkey, I mean, we can't say much more. Nine goals, three. Three goal assists, 16 scoring involvements. So everything, I think he only had 21 touches. So pretty much every time he touched it, we, there was a score out of it. 71 goals for the year is an outstanding effort for a team that's been rubbish pretty much all season. I mean, he got named in the All-Australian squad. Um, he pretty much should be in All-Australian, shouldn't he, Frank? Well, I think uh, there'd be a strong argument. He'd probably make the bench, I, I suspect, uh, but... Yeah, there's no doubt uh, our delivery to him, our predictability 
going forward uh, has been, in, in, a, in a sense, horrible because I think the opposition know where we're going nine out of ten times. And the thing that I really liked about him in, on Saturday was I've been a critical of him at times in that he doesn't seem to keep his, his feet in a contest. Um, but he seemed far more assured overhead. He was really strong with his hands, uh, and he seemed to keep his feet and attack the ball a lot more confidently than I've seen him before. So, um, you know, look, it could have just been on the day, but he certainly continues to improve. And if we could get a second foil for him, someone to take pressure off him uh, and and get a bit better delivery, then, um, yeah, he's got an enormously bright couple of years coming ahead. Oh, definitely. I mean, Frank mentioned it there, Jesse. Uh, what I liked more than anything was the delivery. I um, mean, we talked about the half back, uh, the back half and the drive they gave us. But Paul Curtis, on a couple of occasions, when he marked, quickly turned to get the ball to Larky in space, one-on-one. Um, Larky mentioned at halftime uh, to Ben Dixon, the ball is coming in real quick, which makes it easier for him. He beats Sam Collins and Mac Andrew, who are no slouches, Jesse, as far as defenders go. Oh no, no! Gold Coast has got some terrific defenders. They've got they've got a solid backline, um, especially Collins. So, for him to do what he did uh, is super important. It, it shows how much easier it makes his life or any forward's life when you're delivering the ball a quickly and b efficiently. That uh, our our uh, disposal efficiency on the weekend for most of our midfielders was. 80 plus, which is which is absurd, uh, especially for us. And that probably is a bit of an indication of how poorly Gold Coast applied themselves for large parts of the game. But the irrelevant, yeah, if I'm Clark, I'm sitting down and say, this is exactly the type of result you can expect if you can apply yourself, if you can take a breath and deliver the ball with, it doesn't have to be perfect, but the ball with, you know, actual purpose. And... Yeah, it, it, Paul Curtis, as you said, spot on. He, we've praised him for you know a few weeks now. That despite the fact that he hasn't always been scoring goals, that at least his goal assists have been uh, a lot better. He's 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 found a way to get involved. And yeah, on the weekend it, it was very much the same again. He got the two goals himself, so that's that's really really good. And then uh, he had the two goal assists, which is great numbers uh seven score involvements obviously that includes the two goals of his own but that's really really good numbers for a small forward uh, who cares if he gets nine disposals uh it doesn't bother me whatsoever if you're getting two goals a week and you're setting up two then you're you're you're, you're in the squad so well done to paul curtis and yeah well done to the rest of the guys for um for for the goal assists, uh, yeah, they were really really clean. Even Nick Larky had two goal assists himself, though, so that's huge praise to him. No, no definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, Frank. Every player in the game played their part. Uh, Eddie Ford has come a long way this year. Rising star nomination today as well in round twenty three, which is an outstanding effort and a good effort for um, for all the hard work he has put in uh, since coming into the team. Nine touches, three goals, and seven scoring involvements. Um, I, I guess the best thing is uh, good for him to finally get the win. And I, I, I like his almost arrogance on the football field uh, as well, Frank. Yeah, look, I think he's got a bit of go in him and uh, he certainly strikes me as an entertainer. I think uh, he, he wants to pull people through the gates to, to watch him and uh, uh, good on him. You know, he's got, he's got a bit of um, uh, character. Uh, God knows uh, we need it at the moment, some self-belief. And he certainly seems to have that. Took some really good contested marks um, where he, he, he backed himself in. Um, and, uh, look, he, he like a few of those boys there, Dean, I, I'd love to see what they can do when the confidence is up and, and we're running um, a lot better and, and delivering the ball a lot better. He strikes me as the kind of guy that um, would revel in fast ball movement. It hasn't happened this year, but it did on Saturday, and uh, he, you know, he paid dividends. So, uh, yeah, good. It, it's great to see someone like that uh, show a little bit of character. Yeah, I think the second half he went up on the wing as well because he got ten touches in the third quarter and got a few possessions in the back half. So he's got that versatility. And this is probably a bit before your time, Jesse. But I don't know if you remember this, Frank, but he, he definitely reminds me of a young, very young John McCarthy. When he first uh, came to the club, very similar, very athletic, takes, took some good marks, had a good kick on him. Um, is that a good comparison? 
Yeah, yeah. And, and he sort of little kind of uh, mullet. <laughs> yeah. Sort of what he did for a while. Yeah, John McCarthy was always uh, probably an undersized, almost key forward because of his leap. Probably wasn't yeah. quite tall enough to be a key forward, but had uh, a great leap. Took some great marks, I remember. Uh, over the, over his well, not short period, uh, but yeah, he does. Dean, he's got he's got a little bit of that. He plays like a uh, a, a good mid sized forward that can move up the ground and uh, and and play sort of a more uh, running role. So yeah, I, I I can definitely see it in him. Yeah, I remember John McCarthy kicked eight goals on a Friday night game one time in about 1990, I'm going to guess, or something like that. But um, yeah, look, God, his uh, career went uh, the opposite way. Uh, and to what we're hoping to see from Eddie Ford uh, in the future. Uh, Jesse, small forwards. I mean, we've been talking about it all year that we don't have any. Um, I didn't want to ask this to Frank, but um, Kane Turner has given us a lot to think about as far as list decisions go, um, especially his last month of form. You know what? I I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, look, he's he's been decent. Uh, he's he's tackling pressure as we've known has been really really good. Uh, on, on the weekend, a goal assist, five score involvements. Uh, didn't kick any himself, but obviously applying a lot of pressure. Been playing up the ground a little bit more. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. I yeah. think most of his disposals came on the wing, um, which is interesting. So uh, yeah, a bit of a different role for him playing up the ground, playing yeah more of that defensive uh, type of player. Um, yeah, look, I. I, uh, dependent on what they get through the draft, I'd be keeping him on on a rookie contract purely because of the application that he applies defensively. I wouldn't want him playing every week, that's for sure. Uh, but if someone isn't in form, uh, he is uh, up forward, but he can definitely come in and play a role. Uh, he's got a bit of versatility to him as well, so he can definitely play you know, other positions if required. Uh, yeah, it's a bit line ball for me in terms of uh, I, I need to see if they give us any concessions around larger lists like they did last year or what that, that means, etc. But uh, look, his form has been much better the second half of the year, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got another go at it. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't have any small forwards in the, in, on the list at the moment. We've tried a few and it really hasn't worked out. And he's probably been our best one, which is probably, I don't know, saying something. And Frank, I, I sort of, what I've liked about him, he's been, uh, he's gone back to that um, anti-social football where he's getting in the grill of other players and sticking up for his teammates, which is the type of footballer that we want to see him do. We don't want to see him uh, be, you know, trying to be a footballer because that's not his strength. I think his strength is he's getting into the, you know, into the opposition, into their face, and roughing them up a bit. Yeah, yeah, it seems to it seems to work for him. Uh, and um, look, as far as him staying, Dean, it's one of those things where. Um, it's all well and good to say, uh, look, you know, uh, maybe he shouldn't be there. But then you ask, well, who's replacing him? And there really isn't much uh, sort of coming through in that similar role. So like you and Jesse said, I think he's probably in that one of those dozen players that would be nervous uh, come exit interviews. But I think there's probably going to be about four of them that stay uh, we, that we might, that supporters might look at and go, oh, well, I can't, I'm surprised that he's still there. But he certainly um, put his hand up in the last month to play that role, and he seems to be doing it really well. Yeah, no, he's he's doing his job, and that's all we can ask. At the end of yeah, the day. he's making, he's getting the best out of himself, and he's helping the team. So that's all we can say. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about it now. Then, Jesse, are you worried this win might hurt us long term? And we potentially lose a prospect like Harley Reid. So if we remove the fact that I think we all agree that we we should have won um, and and that we should not have tanked, I think we can all agree with that one. And some of the supporters who were like, oh, you should have very obviously tanked. um, I think that's silly. I don't, I think none of us wanted us to tank. It's just that we wouldn't have been as disappointed if if we lost. I think that was a lot of supporters' initial thoughts. Um, 
but there was a, a very small minority who actively wanted to tank, and don't I don't want to see that. Uh, but in terms of uh, is it going to hurt us? Look, we gave away the number one draft pick last year. Uh, we didn't have access, to, and even if Will Ashcroft, um, even if we hadn't, we, we we would have bid on Will Ashcroft. So we didn't have availability to probably the best talent last year. Um, now. We took Shizzle and Wardlaw, and they had fantastic years. Albeit, you know, had Ash Ashcroft played every game, potentially he would have won the Rising Star. He was he was doing some magnificent things in the Brisbane midfield. Probably money would be on him to have a better career long term, but it, it's much of a muchness. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And we got two blokes who, A, they're committed to the club. They want to be there. They've had a lot of energy, um, and they're both going to be ripping players. So... You don't know. Harley Reid might come in and be the next Dustin Martin, and we might be sitting here in 10 years going, geez, it would have been nice to have him. But the, the two odd players or whatnot that we end up taking, assuming we, we, we don't construct a deal for him, could end up being fantastic. You know, there's some great kids, in, especially the top five in this draft, are really, really strong. Um, so there's a lot of talent there that we can we can bring in so i'm not overly concerned absolutely you you would love to get harley reed into your club uh he'd he'd infant he'd, he'd make us significantly better you if you saw the games you played in the vfl this year especially the one for essendon i think it was off the half back line in particular where he um and he played a bit of midfield and you know brad scott came out and obviously uh, gave him some kudos afterwards uh, so look he definitely um yeah, he, 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 he could definitely make a massive difference. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of talent in the draft. And, you know, we, we might be able to bring some good quality players in. What I ended up going on was when Melbourne tanked and they took Trengove and, uh, and, and Scully, over, yeah, Dusty, Scully. Uh, over Dusty Martin. And, you know, I'm sure Trengove and Scully looked like, the, looked like they were the obvious your players and i think they did in that draft there was a bit of a knock on dusty because of the, the back or you know the behind the scenes stuff but you know they look like they were both going to be fantastic players now harley reed may not have that type of career um so you never know uh if a deal is still possible in which we can uh satisfy west coast to get him without overpaying then i would do it uh I, i'd be prepared to give them pick two or, or three with an insurance that you're not going to take Curtin. Um, or whoever they they might come out to us and say, we really want someone else. Um, and so if there was a way to get the deal done, which gave them a pick and then maybe something later down the track or a future second or something, I'd probably be open to that. Um, but I wouldn't be, give, as North Melbourne, I wouldn't be giving up multiple firsts for him. Uh, that's just not what I would be doing. Uh, the only way whatsoever that I would entertain that is if the Sanders thing gets put through, but it means we have to spend points on him. And in which case that uh, Port Adelaide pick we have will end up getting taken away anyway. So we better find something creative to do with that. Um, so we've got a few options. We're maybe maybe those two for, for him and uh, a pick backwards. But yeah, I, I definitely would be overpaying for him, mate, because yeah, there's a lot of talent in there and there's a few other boys that I'm really keen on. Mm. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, Frank, uh, where do you sit with it? I think building a culture is uh, more important right now. I think Cameron Mooney mentioned a number of times on uh, the broadcast the other uh, the other day when he was uh, watching the game. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think it's a really slippery slope to go out there and, and tell half a dozen players or whatever to to maybe not go that hard or, or whatever. I think it just builds a really poisonous culture. So uh, all for the win. Um, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be too stressed about getting pick one off the Eagles for Harley Reid. The ball's in their court. Uh, if they if they want to go after him with the uh, the murmurings that he, he might want to come back, let them deal with it. Um, I, as Jesse said, there'll be plenty of talent at two, three, four, and five. I wouldn't be giving away anything um, to to try and, and get that pick one uh, off the Eagles. Uh, and I think it's a great it's a great problem in in a weird way. I think it's the balls now in the Eagles' court. They've got the decisions to make about. I think. I'm thinking that West Coast was want to take Daniel Curtin anyway. I mean, he's a hot prospect to go number two at the moment. Um, I think because he's West Australian product, they'll play the safe bet 
that um, they want to take him, even um, even though Harley Reid is the consensus number one pick. I still think they'll go uh, Daniel Curtin and we'll still get Harley Reid at number two without doing any trades. Um, but I, I guess, uh, yeah, if we do do a trade, this is my thinking, that it won't be for much. It'll be, you know, pick two and maybe pick, I don't know, one of those later picks, pick 40 or something like that. But uh, Or am I, am I just underplaying that a bit? Yeah, look, it's a really interesting one in terms of what they... I feel like it's going to be a bit, a bit of poker between North and the Eagles because there's going to be clubs that are going to them, Melbourne, probably one of the big ones, who are offering multi-first-round picks for the pick one. Uh, and they'd be definitely entertaining that idea in terms of screw it. If we're going to, if we're not going to get curtain anyway, do we just take multiple first round picks, give up Reed, and then bank on those kids staying? They may, may choose to, if I was West Coast, I'd probably just do that. If you've got concerns over, over Reed not staying, um, and you know that North Melbourne isn't going to pay up to, to get him off you, then I'd just, I, I, I'd probably just offload the pick. Uh, to someone else for whoever's the highest bidder is and then just take as many players as you can. I think that's the safest bet for them. But um, assuming that they're all in on Curtin and they're very, very keen on getting a young defender into the side, um, then, then yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a game of poker in terms of them trying to extract the most possible out of us. And, and, and rightfully so, like you said, you don't want to be paying overs. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting period. Um, It'll be very interesting to see what what the West Coast team decide to do in terms of in terms of the draft, and rightfully so. We may say no, thank you. We don't want to pay anymore. We'll we're happily take Curtin ourselves. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I guess you could argue, Frank, that we probably need a, a key position defender more than we need another midfielder. Even though Harley Reid is yeah a generational talent, but we also probably need a key defender who's very athletic, like Daniel Curtin is. Correct, Dean. We do. Absolutely. Now, I know that there's some others that are being sort of spoken about in the uh, from like pick six to ten, um, whether whether we you know uh, somehow try and move back a couple by trading and, and um, expanding our picks in the in the top dozen or so. Um, we could do that. But there's no doubt that I think that um, you'd be probably mad to overlook Harley. Yeah, no. Best, best available rather than what we desperately need. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that, yeah. I mean, he, he is the best player available in his talent uh, by all reports. I can't say I've watched him every week or anything like that, and but I've been very impressed from uh, highlights and so forth. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see how that all pans out now. Uh, we've made it a little bit complicated, but, um, yeah, that's just how it is. Uh, we'll go to the reserves. We'll talk a little bit about that, not too much. Uh, Jesse, obviously, will um, outmanned a 100-point loss. Uh, I mean, Melbourne's uh, reserves team, uh, good enough to knock off probably, uh, you know, uh, our seniors team. Uh, it was very strong. He had players like uh, Jordan Grundy um, just, uh, you know, getting uh, possessions for fun, really. But uh, one player I want to talk to you about, Jesse, and we're looking for a key forward, uh, Tyler Sellers. Tyler uh, he looks like a really good prospect and could be, uh, you know, the second four we're looking for with Nick Larky or at least, you know, a player that we could just get rookie list. Yeah, look, I, I definitely think he's worth a worth a crack. Um, how old is he? I, I don't actually know his age, but... Um, 21, I, mean, I think. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty accurate kick of goal. He's kicked 37 for the year. Um, he is 193, so obviously he's your smaller end... Uh, forward. So the only question would be how many of those other mid, you know, mid-sized forwards do we have? You know, Ford's obviously decently tall. Um, you've got uh, a couple others who, 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 you know, operate around that level, even Zerha, etc. Um, he's probably he's a bit taller than them, uh, without being at the lucky type. He's he's a similar size to say a Jack Darling. Um, he probably plays a little bit like a Jack Darling, actually, in terms of he's pretty mobile and he's good mark. Uh, but, yeah, look, he's kicked 30 goals for the year, which is really solid. His last couple of months in particular have been really, really good. Uh, I, I reckon he's worth a crack on a list somewhere, whether or not we take him or not. Um, but, yeah, he was pretty much the only shining light from the uh, from the VFL, really. Um, 
I, I can't really tell you another player who had a who had a fantastic game, uh, um, especially uh, as an AFL listed player. There was a lot of defenders who got a lot of possessions. You know, Bonner and Archer got a fair few. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, unfortunately, we were just completely outmatched. Like you said, they had AFL players running around for fun. Uh, well, we we were really playing our VFL reserve, so it, we yeah, were completely outmatched, outgunned. Uh, it would have been nice to have seen us go in with a, you know, a, a fully fit VFL team, um, but obviously with the seniors in the state they are, we had to move the players on uh, up to the seniors, which yeah left left us in a bit of a position. Uh, Jacob Edwards will be the interesting one coming. In terms of in terms of Grundy, if he was in an AFL list right now, he'd be pushing for all Australians. So there's not much any any VFL quality ruckman, let alone Jacob Edwards, could do about him. Um, he needs yeah. to get to another team next year so we can actually see him at his best because he. He is a absolute freak. On that, Jesse, I actually bought some potato cakes down at uh, Casey, yeah. and I was sitting alongside the Melbourne bench when Grundy came off for a spell, yeah. and I was there with my youngest boy, and I said, "That guy sitting there, mate. Do you know how much, how many potato cakes he could buy with what he's earning this year?" <laughs> <laughs> Just, mate, it was the most bizarre thing. Me eating potato cakes next to a bloke earning eight hundred thousand a year to run around at Casey just felt. Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. You feel sorry for him, but at the same time, you don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to get to a third AFL club and get, be paid by uh, two other clubs, Collingwood and Melbourne. So, well, yeah. he's in another club. So, yeah. he's not too bad. You can't, you can't feel too sorry for these uh, individuals. Now, no. Frank, you were there at the game yesterday. You seen an interesting uh, individual that was watching our reserves there as well. Uh, yes, uh, as in like a tall key defender. Yes, yes, that's the yes, one. Yes, yes. So, I, yeah, Ben Mackay was there and uh, with the rest of the playing group and in good spirits. So, look, should I have been surprised, Dean? I don't know. I, I felt surprised. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if he's not, uh, if he's already checked out of the club, you know, you probably have to think that, uh, why would he go watch uh, reserves? Unless he's got, uh, I don't know, a close mate playing in the reserves, maybe Jacob Edwards is a close mate. I don't, I, I don't yeah. know, I'm just speculating. But, um, yeah, interesting that, uh, yeah, I mean, we, maybe we don't know if he's, uh, yeah, uh, leaving or, or or not yet. So a lot of us have sort of assumed that he's going to leave the club, but um, maybe there's a still a possibility that he might yeah. stay. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see how we go with that. I mean, in saying all that, Frank, I mean, you looked at the midfield yesterday. I think we had Lockie Young in the midfield with Sam Lawson. Uh, it was a, it was a depleted side, wasn't it? I mean. It, Five AFL listed players. If you count Jacob Edwards at the moment as an AFL listed player, um, yeah. you know, I mean Phoenix Spicer as well. Probably another player that's in trouble. Uh, Aiden Bonner. So yeah, it made it really tough, didn't it? Yeah, and the weird thing was, Dean, as we pulled up, uh, it was uh, sort of ten minutes into the first quarter, and we it was three goals, one to three goals, and we were in front. Uh, mm. And and I remember thinking that we were driving down there just to see them get absolutely slaughtered. And I thought, oh, geez, this is bizarre. Maybe there's been a couple of uh, Melbourne players pull out or a couple of North boys have come in or whatever. And then I sort of looked around and tried to count them and thought, oh, I think Melbourne might just be going in first gear here. And then uh, we hung about till about halfway through the second quarter. And then, all right, look, I got in there. The first passage of play was, I think, Grundy down to – uh, I can't remember who it was who hit Tom McDonald laces out. You know, uh, it's your fault, mate. <laughs> well, I, I just remember thinking, I'm pretty sure I saw this at the MCG in round nine. Uh, and, you and you I'm, rocked up and we went downhill. Yeah, and then and now I'm watching it at Casey. So you're right, Dean. They just had uh, on paper they were just so far more powerful uh, than us. So um, yeah, it was probably to be expected. Yeah, I mean, you missed the Tyler Sells show. I think he kicked the first three goals in the first quarter, so and he took some good marks. So, yeah, you, you pretty much missed all their action. I think we only kicked one more goal after that, didn't we? So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I mean, we were never a chance, really. Uh, and playing at that shithole of a ground, um, you know, you, it was always going to be up. You are always going to be up against it. Even if we had a few more AFL-listed players, I think we would have struggled anyway. Uh, Jesse, I know you're short on time. Did you want to add anything else before I let you go? Uh, no, just the news on Twitter. Eagles have formally decided to uh, back Adam Simpson. So I want to, I want to 
pay them a bit of respect. Uh, yeah, I want to pay them a bit of respect. Uh, I th- did anyone watch the Eagles game on the weekend? There was one point every single time that the uh, camera panned to Simo on the bench, the Eagles fans uh, erupted with cheers. So I think that was pretty. I think that was pretty influential in the decision. The fans obviously have no interest in him leaving, and I, I think they uh, they don't blame him for where they're at. So. Albeit it was a ridiculous amount of money if they wanted to pay him out. So, um, yeah, good on West Coast for at least, you know, backing him. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, he's a good guy. Um, we all know uh, the character of him. So, yeah, he definitely deserves uh, to try and see this rebuild through. It was only five years ago they won a flag under him. So, yeah, it's, it's funny how, uh, yeah, time has gone in the last five years for them. Uh, Frank, did you want to add anything else before I let you go? I think Frank has left us. So he's had enough. Uh, he's had enough. Jacob Are what? you there, no, Frank? I was there. Yeah. Can you hear me, Dean? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you loud and clear now. Did you want anything else before I let you go? I just wanted to say that Braden George is a is an amazing specimen. He was the runner yesterday out oh, of Casey, and he's physically ready to play senior football without any doubt. Yeah, he's, he's cool quite is quite he? uh, I'd have him probably about six. Six two, six one. Um, I'm looking. What's that? About, that's about 185 centimeters, isn't it? He's 187. So yeah, pretty big. Yeah, that's not bad. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, he's good size. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think Frank is uh, cutting in and out. Oh, the internet's been playing up. Uh, anyways, uh, Jesse, I'll I'll let you go. Uh, uh, you've got uh, what do you got on tonight? Yeah, basketball, mate. So uh, quickly warm up and then I'll head over to Port Melbourne for some basketball. Oh, sounds good. Uh, shoot a few threes. That'll be good. So, yeah, get yeah, that I... out. Uh, Frank, you still with us? No, Frank's gone. Uh, anyways, boys, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I'm sure I'll chat to you in the off-season when uh, free agency and, and the trade period really uh, starts kicking in and we start uh, getting some more uh, movement there. So, yeah, thanks very much for coming on, Jesse. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you again. So thank you to those boys once again for coming on tonight. And thank you to those boys for coming on every week during the course of the year. Hasn't always been easy, but they've come on and tried to be positive and brought energy to the podcast, which I'm sure all your listeners appreciate. And thank you very much to all your listeners for coming on as well this year uh, for the ride. Uh, and I really appreciate all the likes, retweets, and comments you have all put out the sh- on the sh- for the show. Uh, it's made the show grow, um, and I really appreciate it. Um, so also, if you can leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform you use as well, that would be even more appreciated. Uh, at this stage, I'll be back on Thursday. I'm looking to have Tess Craven on the show to talk about the girls' uh, first game coming up this Sunday, and that. Like I said, with Bella Eddy, uh, Isabella Eddy, and with Claire Cozzi, uh, they looked very impressive over the preseason. So I'm really looking forward to covering them. Um, so not, the podcasts aren't going to stop. I'm probably still going to do one podcast a week on the men's and one for the girls. Um, obviously, the off-season gets very busy. There's always going to be a lot of rumours. We're going to find out a lot more about Ben McKay. So it's still an exciting time of year for the North Melbourne Football Club. And big decisions will be made this year. There's talk that there's going to be a lot of um, movement in the off-season period. So we'll wait and see. So, yeah, make sure to tune in, tune in for that. And I'll be getting on the boys, girls, whoever I can uh, to cover that. And I'll be getting on uh, girl, whoever it is uh, to cover the girls as well. So, yeah, look out for that. And look out uh, this Thursday for, yeah, my interview with Tess Craven, which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah, she's a lovely young girl and look forward to chatting to her about uh, what she expects and her ambitions are for the year as well. So that's it for tonight. Uh, and tonight I will leave a shout out to Tess Craven uh, on Instagram. So bye for now and go Roos.